So, welcome to PEV Lane. The show all about PEVs. Truth. Yeah. And today, what are we going to talk about, Hanson? I'm excited about this episode. Uh, yeah, me too, Brett. I think today we'll talk about riding setups. Riding setups. It's actually one of my favorite things because it's kind of like just getting dressed up like Halloween. Only you do it every time you ride. <laughs> I find it's fun. Uh, so, yeah, we've got a list of things that, that, you know, each of us would put on at the beginning of a ride or some wear different things according to different rides, what they're going to do. Um, so we'll talk about personal gear setup, what you wear on yourself, what you put or wear or set up on your actual ride itself. If it's an EUC, an e-skate, an e-scooter, a one wheel, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I'm excited. <laughs> so what do you what do you personally wear Hanson when you go for a ride on your electric unicycle well let me just preface this with I'm not trying to start any shit <laughs> for all those out there who are at where yet. this is going yeah <laughs> for all those out there who are all the gear all the time uh, or as they say in the motorcycling world at get um, I definitely don't always follow all the gear all the time <laughs> so I mean inter- not everyone does yeah yeah so I guess like when you ask me what I wear, I have to have to think about what scenario we're talking about. All right. Yeah, no fair. Because a lot of people who are experienced riders, you'll find them wearing less and less gear, but in specific situations, right? Like, so say you just had to go down to the store. Would you put a helmet on? Probably not. Yeah. If you're just chilling and you've you've been riding for how many years? Five years now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're going out to a group ride, would you put on a helmet? And what type of helmet would you probably put on? Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. If it's going to be a group ride and I know that it's going to be a long or faster group ride, full face all the way. Yeah. And if it's a more casual or just like around town, maybe even a half helmet, like a bicycle helmet, um, just because it's you know a bit easier to take on and off and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So as we go through these different things, let's just, let's keep that in mind. Um, let's just think about how people will ride but let's just talk about every last piece that people could or possibly put on their their ride or themselves while they ride so um you want to start off with a few pieces anything you want to mention to start that's i think a helmet we already kind of touched on that but that's probably the most important yeah for me a helmet is number one and then i'd probably say shoes to me are the next most important uh especially for euc surprising yeah, like it's not necessarily protective equipment, but it's essential riding equipment. I would debate that. Oh, yeah? Man, because you mess up your ankles sometimes on an EUC. It is protective. This is true. This is true. Here, but I got my shoes here. Let's show them. Yeah, let's show it. For those who are watching the video version, uh, you could see the shoe. But those on the audio version, I've got like a high top shoe. And it's leather and it goes up pretty high over my ankle bone. And then it's got a really cool like electric lightning bolt down the side, which I thought was pretty cool. And they're made by Vans. So like they're the typical Vans shoe. If you could picture that, it's solid. All black. All black, black and white. Yeah. I had to go leather. I had to go all black. I had to go all out on a pair of shoes. It took me forever. But then I was like, ah. I and mean, then when riding with these, they're really flat. They're really grippy. I'm not too worried about spikes getting in them, but the big thing is the ankle. I think in any shoe that you're looking for, for any type of riding, no matter what you're riding, if you can cover your ankle with your shoe, it's a you know two-in-one benefit, right? Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And I think whenever I ride a bike, uh, like a motorcycle, I always wear high-top shoes as well with armor in the ankles and then... Oh, yeah, I've seen some of your shoes. Like, yeah. you literally wear steel toes because yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, it's got steel a steel toe. plate in the <laughs> in the sole. It's got a steel toe, and it has armor on the ankle bones I on either on a, side. 
I remember on a group ride, you're like, you stomp on my foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I, was, I was appalled. I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wear those occasionally on, on the EUC as well. But I do find that I, my, I prefer to wear something uh, with a bit more cushion for longer rides because those obviously they're steel plated and they're they're flat and they're very hard. So they don't really bend much, which is obviously important because if you crash or something, it won't let your foot bend and break um, yeah. but obviously comfort wise it's a little different than an adidas ultra boost which is my go-to shoe oh yeah so i'm i'm wearing i wore those today and i wear those frequently which is just because of the the cushion from the ultra boost sole is just i don't know that it gives you more feedback it probably gives you less feedback in a way because it's absorbing your movements of your foot yeah uh, to some extent but it allows me to just kind of maneuver my foot around more comfortably yeah. Um, and so I think like to when I see your Vans, my dream shoe is like a Vans style shoe with mm-hmm. an ultra boost sole because I do like that ankle protection yeah, and the like the high top. Feel that's lacking with a lot of these shoes and I wear these shoes a lot or at least I used to, uh, especially when I work my like daily Joe job. But I've stopped doing that because they don't have much sole. Yes. So you <laughs> for for your daily job you're walking a lot yeah. right so yeah is that why it's like you're well, trying to walk in any job lines? i've had i've kind of been active okay and what i do so I, I don't know even when i was a new york city tour guide i'd wear those um converse all the time and it wasn't great for my feet but i was i was okay with it until you start to get older and you're like wait a second maybe I, you know if it's not hurting yet <laughs> maybe you should just switch anyway you know <laughs> yeah i feel you i that i think that's why i always opt for the more cushions, uh, shoes, especially coming from riding one wheels. I don't know what it is, but if you don't have like a concave foot pad or something cushioned on a one wheel, your feet kill. Like your feet are much better off, I find, on an EUC because you can relax a bit more. And yeah. it, it does more balancing. Some EUC riders right now might be hating you for saying that because <laughs> your feet kill on an EUC all the time. But have you ever heard like... After a long time, yes. But I feel like... one wheeler at the end of a longer ride? They're like, oh, I need to take a hot break. Yeah. And then you understand. You're like, that's ah, a bit different. Exactly. Yeah, and because you can sit down on EUC. You True. can... Yeah. I just find the fact that you can kind of... And we'll get into this a bit more later, I think, when we get off gear and we talk about riding setups and riding styles Mm -hmm. later in the episode but i think the fact that you can kind of maneuver your feet around a little bit on the euc when you're riding yeah because you don't have sensors under your you don't have sensors (laughs) and the wheel just is more has more of that like balance effect when you're going at speed it doesn't want to fly out from under you a one wheel you have to do a lot more stabilizing with your toe to heel side to keep it from falling over yeah i haven't gotten very good on a one wheel and that that's a big issue (laughs) it comes with learning but like even when you get good at a one wheel you still have to fight that especially like e-skates the same thing yeah yeah, you have to fight that a lot too so the wobble right you don't want the dreaded wobble wobble. (laughs) (laughs) which honestly it it exists on euc but i feel like it's much harder to uh, yeah cause it to happen on the euc like most people get wobbles when they're hard braking or some extreme riding scenario or when you're learning but once you learn it's fine usually yeah if you're listening right now and you're like a new euc rider you're gonna get wobbles everyone gets wobbles but they do go away with experience and how you grow those muscles in your feet and your legs and all the other places that you're yeah trying to grow the muscles you know yeah so there's some other articles of clothing as well we should probably move on to a few of the other pieces we'll whip through a bunch of them here yeah i think next up is obviously armor and different types of armor you know 
So yeah, mine is simple. Mine's basic. I have a hoodie, and it looks like on all my Instagram posts that it's just a hoodie, but on the inside, there's actual padding. To me, it really doesn't matter what type you get. As long as you get something with built-in pads, you're your two-for-one situation. It just benefits you tremendously. So anything on the elbows, the shoulders, and the back. Yeah, protect those pointy bits. Yeah. Land <laughs> land on big limbs and on big parts of your body. Don't land on pointy parts like your knees. Exactly. <laughs> knees, elbows, shoulders. Not fun to land on. Yeah, but honestly, like in my opinion, any armor is good armor. Yeah, definitely. Even level one at the speeds most people are riding uh, in the city and whatnot. For I'm talking like CE level one for the armor yeah. ratings itself. Uh, for those, what does that stand for? We should look that up. Or someone comment down below. But certified something. Certified something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, someone comment down. Just trust it. That's all that matters. But yeah, so I use something similar to your hoodie, but it's just a jacket, a motorcycle jacket, which yeah, a lot of people looks, use. Those look sweet. Yeah. So not only do they have the same kind of armor, the elbow, shoulder, and back protectors, you typically don't have a chest protector on motorcycle jackets, which is fine. I know some people wear chest protectors, but they do have abrasion resistance too. So you can slide on them and they won't rip through, which is important too, because if you're crashing, you cut out or something on the UC or any PEV. And you're sliding on the asphalt, you don't want it to instantly rip through your clothing and then rip you. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. And that's what happens with my hoodie that I wear. But yeah. it's cozy and it's warm and I don't crash all the I mean, I don't yeah. float intending to crash. Exactly. So. <laughs> and I mean, you basically just want it to hold up to a gnarly crash, right? And then you could obviously replace it if you have to. I've sewn this thing up more than once. Yeah, there you go. You know, it works. It works great. So, yeah, yeah. some other things. Um, let's move on to pants. Another kind of thing that kind of gets overlooked at times because... Um, another thing that's kind of in that category is knee guards and, and knee pads, uh, which we'll talk about in a hot second. But I use like a motocross pant. Cool. So I don't like I think a lot of people in the PEV kind of, you know, enthusiast side of things. There's not many solutions that there yet that are specific to what we're doing. Yeah. But I went with a motocross pant and I thought it was kind of brilliant and I was kind of right nice it's got little little foam pads on the on the hips and and it's a bit looser and it's a little bit looser and you could fit a full liet dual axis pad underneath of these pants because there's motocross pants and they're built to have a lot of space under the knee so you could put some pads in so that's my setup but i think you know everyone's got their own personal way of doing things and i love this way that's awesome yeah i've considered motorcycle pants but for eu seeing specifically they're not great because they're designed where the pad around the knee is pre-curved to a bent leg. Yeah. Right? So they're designed for you to be comfortable when you're sitting. Yeah. So if you try and stand up in those things, the pad just kind of like pressing into your shin, pressing into your thigh, and it's not sitting flat against your knee. This is where I make the fight for people who sit on unicycles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love sitting down. That's why these pants are somewhat comfortable. When I stand up, it's not so bad. Things just kind of shift around. It's like... Yeah, you know, getting something out of your rear side, you know. So you mentioned like, you mentioned better. like EUC specific or like PEV specific, and the only thing I can think of is lazy rolling right now because I know they make armored pants. Yeah, I said there's few, which are but designed there are some. to stand, so they're not pre curved, which is mm-hmm. good because you can stand in them and they still bend comfortably. They have soft padding. Yeah, that shout out on to impact. shout out to lazy rolling. Those guys and what they've created is great. It's very specific to what we do. I actually got to meet them in 2019. They're just genuinely nice guys. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I like. I really like what they're doing there for PEVs. And I think so in terms of my personal preference, I tend to just wear normal pants or shorts that I'm wearing. And I opt for either the Liat over the top knee pads if I have, or I tend to go for like the under 
pant uh, G-form style yeah, knee pads. Yeah, I've seen those before too. Yeah, they're kind of like a spandex material with a built-in pad. So you can put them under your pants or shorts uh, and they just, it's a good knee pad, which has the same like D3O instant hardening soft foam. Yeah. And so they're very are... flexible and they can, they're very slim as well. So you can put them under like even skinny jeans and yeah. you won't really notice that you have any knee pads on. And I've done that many times just wearing jeans and then you have the pads underneath and it looks like you don't have any pads on, but yeah, it, they're really popular you. in the longboarding world and uh, uh, back okay. in the boosted days too, like way back, uh, way back, <laughs> way back in like 2016, 2017. That's, that was like the go-to for a lot of people. And then unicycles started picking up and then the hard pads were kind of a little more preferable, but yeah, yeah sometimes you can you just, slide more and yeah, on the hard pad. Yeah. Sometimes you just like, you just want that slim feel though. And you go for the G form and you're like, ah, oh, okay, no, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That and I've had a couple of crashes with them and they're still perfect and they've saved my knees for sure. Because every time that I've EUC crashed with like a cutout or hitting a large bump or something, knees always went down first. Yeah. It's like you go forward, knees, then upper body, and then you roll, tuck and roll kind of thing. But your knees are likely hitting the ground first. So yeah, that's for me, rough. I think like knee pads are more important than your upper body stuff. But obviously you shouldn't disregard uh, your shoulders and elbows and upper body. Yeah, for sure. Like we're talking a lot about protection, but when you fall, a lot of it's how you fall too. So if yes. you're not experienced in falling, you're really going to rely on those on those knee pads at first until you really learn how to fall, which is a real thing. Yeah. Learning how to fall. Yeah. So Nobody uh, wants to practice falling, so. <laughs> no, <laughs> and nobody really intends it either. No one goes out there and goes, "I'm going to fall a bunch of times today to learn how to fall." Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, but the last thing that we kind of started off with was helmets. Yeah. And I think we should just round off that before we go yeah, into sure. PEV specific type of things on your setup on your ride. But uh, the last thing is the, the helmet. Yeah. So we both mentioned full face helmets. This is the full face helmet. And for those listening, I wear a Troy Lee design stage helmet, which is a full face helmet. It's extremely light and it's a downhill mountain biking helmet, which seems to be a helmet that a lot of people are gravitating to. Yeah. I wear the exact same style of full face helmet, which is also a downhill mountain biking helmet which it's rated for speeds high enough that I'm riding personally. I'm not going 60, 70 kilometers an hour constantly. So Yeah, and then you get in the motorcycle. Yeah, then you, need, then you need something a bit more heavy duty for full face. But yeah, these are perfect. They're light as well. So you barely feel them when you're wearing them. That's why I went with it, honestly. And I yeah, I wear the, the Bell Super Downhill, which is their version. It's very similar to the TLD stage. Very much so, um, yeah great helmet as you've got some nice goggles on yours too yeah actually because i lead all these rides in toronto somebody was gracious enough to gift me those and it still blows my mind i'm like oh these are unreal and then anytime we go for a ride i'm like hey man look nice. we got matching goggles it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the great. best thing in the world i love it yeah but they, yeah. they're super great because they're clear and i only use them like at nighttime and in the winter here in canada there's a lot of darkness it's in dark. comparison to the summertime right mm -hmm. so you're riding a lot at night and you just want that protection so your eyes aren't tearing up in the cold and stuff like that yeah for sure and do you is this your only helmet uh yeah okay cool yeah i don't wear a half helmet like yep. if i'm wearing a helmet it's full face i okay. uh in 2019 those who don't know i had a major accident and i i kind of broke a lot of my face and that was the last time i wore a half helmet yeah, every time you tell me this, it terrifies me. And I, yeah, I still wear a half face helmet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, do you? I mean, there's times where I go down to, you know, Tim Hortons and I don't wear a helmet. But yes. I'm also going literally 10 kilometers an hour the yeah, entire exactly. time. Like you can literally hop off. And I think that's one of the beauties of EUCs, how easy it is to just like jump off 
mm-hmm. kind of jump backwards, let it go. Yeah, you up do that with an e-skate too. Yes, e-skate. Uh, scooter, it's a little harder. Yeah, the only one that's really hard with is anything with like a stem and or a bike, handlebars, exactly. you know, that get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So actually speaking of all these different PEVs, let's go into specifics on how you set up your ride. So that's a lot of per- personal protective gear that you would ride or use on yourself. But how would you set up um, your EUC, for example? Yeah. Uh, riding setup is more than just your gear, right? So yeah. Um, I guess let's start with the UC since that's what we both ride and we can maybe talk a bit about, I know you can talk about eScape for sure. Yeah. Um, but for myself, for EUC, uh, I'm a pretty, you know, bare bones kind of rider. I, I like that out of box experience. Um, but I am a huge fan of some sort of power pad. Uh, I don't like the locked in feeling that lots of people enjoy on EUCs with say Clark pads or. Grizzla pads. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think you are. Yeah. yeah, and like any other kind of pad that locks the top of your foot into the the wheel. So not a, not necessarily like a jump your pad, shin, but your foot or both. Both, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Grizzlas aren't as bad, but some of the other yes. ones, like Clark's, are made to be like straight across. Yeah, it locks your, your locks your leg and your foot. Yeah. yeah. I saw a video yesterday of a guy cutting out and his legs got locked in. I was like, ooh, oh, ah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, right? And I'm not a fan of that locked in feeling. So I just wear like usually my unicycle will just have typical the standard power pads or like something. I have a pair that I got from um, I think it's from Germany. He's on Facebook, the EUC custom power pads guy. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. he makes these really nice like foam handmade pads. And I have a couple of those on my wheel. And, you know, it gives you leg room so that you can lean forward and back a little bit before you hit the power pads. But then if you really want to like torque the wheel or brake hard. Then as soon as you put that little bit of extra kind of bend in your leg, you can obviously activate it and use those power pads when you need them. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a stock stickler too. I go with the Gotway lean pads, which are like that you could, they're barely even a pad. They're like an inch and a half wide on yeah. the front and the back and a doesn't lot stick of space out as in between. Far. Yeah. Yeah. And I sit down a lot so that it doesn't get in the way. That's the other thing when you're locked in, right? Yeah. Trying to get around those pads when you're bending your leg to sit down. Yeah. And back on the stock stickler point, same thing with the pedals. Like I broke a pedal recently and someone's gifted me an MSP pedal. I have my unicycle in front of me here, Mm -hmm. but you can tell that sizes are different. I'm like, whatever. It's good. Like I'll upgrade to good pedals. (laughs) I will. Yeah. Cause you have an RS, right? So it's got slightly bigger pedals. Yeah. 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 Like I would upgrade, but I have a new wheel coming as well. And it has custom, you know, nice pedals in them. So yeah. Again, I'll deal with it. I'm always kind of a stock cycler. I use a stock seat and I put a couple of Canadian toques mm-hmm. and a t-shirt. Pad it up a bit. Pad it up <laughs> with a little tape and uh, made made a seat out of it too, right? So that's how I set up my ride is mostly stock, but I got to have that seat, you know? I'm becoming yeah. such a seated rider. Yeah, that's right. I, I rarely had the seat on my MSP. Um, I had the stock seat, but I would, you know, with a piece of Velcro on it so I could put it on, take it off when I needed to. I, I didn't find myself riding seated very often, so I usually didn't have it. And also for pedals, I also rocked like the stock pedals, but I had RS pedals on my MSP. Yeah, courtesy the of pedals. the dealer, they came with the bigger pedals, which was nice. Um, but I do love the new uh, CNC style, like Hextech or whatever you want to call it. Those Nelanovas or yeah, yeah, any of those pedals that look like mountain bike pedals, but they've got the huge gaps with spikes on them. You better, just have so much more control, I feel. Better control. And in our conditions, if you're riding in a bit of rain or some like muddy conditions, they don't like stick to the grip tape, right? Yeah, the grip tape is just like yeah. a giant pool of like, yeah. hey, what wants to be on here so today? Like, the worst part is if you're riding and you take your foot off the pedal and your foot gets wet, 
and then you put your foot back on the pedal and I then the smile pedal. like I've been yeah. there. <laughs> Everyone's been there, you know? You you have like your dry feet, you came out of your house and you're like, Oh, like, got all that grip and then you stop for one red light and you put your foot on the wet pavement and then yeah. you know, now the grip tape's useless. So <laughs> Yeah, we'll go back to that point in a hot second. But the last thing I'd probably mention about EUCs is the the ride mode. And oh, I yeah. took my unicycle out of the the box, the same unicycle I've had for almost a year now, my first unicycle, mind you. Um, and I put it in hard mode and I've left it. And people kind of hate on me a little bit. They're like, you should try soft mode, man. Soft mode's where it's at or medium mode, whatever. But I just go hard. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried, I've tried them all, uh, riding MSP, which is similar to your RS. Uh, and I personally, yeah, I prefer soft or medium as well. Um, I've tried hard as well. I just don't like the, the planted feeling that you get in hard mode where like the pedal doesn't move with you. It gives you a bit more, I guess, acceleration or braking, I guess, to some extent. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, I like there to be give. I like to kind of feel the wheel kind of lean with me a little bit before it like takes off, whether it's forward or back. And you get that a lot in soft mode. I specically, I'm talking about an MSP by the way, for those listening, because every wheel is very different. Yeah, so I have a V10F right now, and I ride that in the hardest setting. Yeah. And it has, like, crazy, crazy tilt when you accelerate still. It does not stay flat at all, right? So there's not as much power. The way they design their firmware, the in-motion doesn't give when you accelerate hard into it. Whereas my MSP, like, in hard mode, it's just a rock. You're, you're just probably a rock, too. And well, yeah, but go, 100%. With the torque version. But that's why I kind of like it. I treat it more like a car mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, I'm going to rule you around instead yeah. of, like, waiting for the wheel to pick up its tilt and be like, hey, now I'm going to go for you. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I just, like, I like that torque. I like that off the red light, like, when it hits green, just, yeah, like, for go. Sure. Not waiting for things. But, yeah, um... So you'd probably dislike a lot of other wheels that don't have that same kind of feeling. Or not dislike, but you would prefer. I'd prefer something. Yeah, like, I, like if I you stepped, rode my V10F and it like started like giving in when you were accelerating, you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, like I stepped on someone's Sherman straight out of the box. They didn't take it. They didn't put any PSI in the wheel. It was like 18 PSI or 20 PSI or something like that. And it was in soft mode. So I was like, when I grabbed it, I was like, hey, did you, you know, did you change the modes and everything? He's like, yeah, hard mode. I was like, okay, cool. And then I stepped on the wheel. I was like, oh, it's a little gummy. Like maybe this wheel isn't really inflated. And then I go to go forward and the wheel is almost like it's cutting out. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, accelerate, accelerate. <laughs> it didn't. And I was like, boom, boom. I was like, oh, I ride got way too much. You MJ leaned it into uh, the ground. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I got an MJ decal from the one and only man, Tom Poe on uh, Instagram. We should put that up somewhere. It's a very famous MJ lean line. Yes. Yes. Everyone needs an MJ lean sticker. Um, but yeah, so that's just the way EUCs are. But going back to the grip tape idea, let's talk about e-skates for a hot second. Yeah, this is your area of expertise. So I, I get excited about it a little bit because you could set up your e-skate in different ways. But you mentioned grip tape before and what you put your feet down and then put them back. Like that is a dreaded problem. You you can't really CNC cut a deck <laughs> for an e-skate. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of even like this is e-skate, but what about old school longboard? Is your kick kicking right so yeah, your foot's touching the ground no matter what so yeah, how do they I deal started with this way back when i first you know went on something that was relatively small and not a car it was a longboard and a push longboard and i pushed for a long time and the back of your longboard if you push normally <laughs> um the back can get messed up if you're putting your foot down in the wrong place and you find that with an escape but then you 
add some power in there with it and you're you have a slidey back foot <laughs> you can have a fun time um but yeah there's a lot of different ways you could set up your board and your your setup for an e-skate that's that, you know you could prevent a lot of those things um one of the big things i endorse and if i can give a free shout out to anyone i say it's dope grip dope grip is great and it's just any you know there's a lot of other companies out there that make a foam grip or something with a little more give but dope grip has just been like over engineered by someone who raced e-skates for evolve for a long time um and it's great and i i swear by it i put it on my euc even i, I love it but grip tape is a lot of things to make sure you're not slipping out yeah so that grip tape is you're using that on your euc as well as e-skates i guess yeah it works so good on my e-skate and because they're using grip tape on eucs at least they were a year ago it looks like everyone's going cnc yeah now but um but yeah i threw it on there and it was great because sometimes your feet hurt when you first learn how to ride too and that took that away pretty quick cool yeah but um yeah there's a lot of other things like wheels like how do you set up your wheels like are you street riding or if you're going off-road, and remember, if you have AT wheels, you're going to lose a lot of range, but you're just going to be so much more comfy. Have you ever ridden... Well, you have that experience with a one-wheel on dirt, having some sort of pneumatic underneath. Yeah, the one-wheel has the huge tire, which gives you some good uh, good cushion. But my only experience with e-skate was on urethane hub motors on an old-school Meepo board and briefly on a boosted board. So I find, like from that experience i don't recall it being very comfortable on you can probably talk to this but with like the urethane hub motors you barely have any urethane at all it's mostly motor there's no give so there's no give you're just riding on a metal hub motor yeah so that's why i think e-skates are coming a lot more becoming a lot more niche it's because you have to actually set up your board according to where you're gonna ride right you can't just pick up your board and just go go anywhere yeah which there are some companies out there which are trying to solve that like cloud wheels which have come out with like this off-road see those kind on of, everyone's these everyone's, days i had them yeah. i sold i sold the board that i rode for the longest time with them on there and mm-hmm. i i swear by them they're pretty good but i ride the ones with no foam on the inside so cloud okay. wheels are known as cloud because they have foam but when they originally came out they came out with ones that are you know purely no foam on the inside just a solid wheel but yeah the cloud wheels have this like contouring like design on the outside of the wheel that you know on on street you could kind of feel it's a little more wobbly a little more wishy-washy but when you go somewhat gravel or even a sidewalk you have so much more grip than a normal uh, wheel and you don't feel all that compression coming back so um, it's like halfway to a pneumatic okay a pneumatic is a a wheel with air and a tube and rubber (laughs) they're larger usually as well right yeah, a lot larger. So you 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 have to compensate a lot too. Like you lose a lot of battery, with battery you know life as you, you know if you put on pneumatics and and you go out on the trails, you'll run out of battery a lot quicker. But it's that ride you're going for. It's a lot nicer, you know. Yeah, for sure. Especially in Toronto where we have streetcar tracks, pothole galore, and construction everywhere. So yeah, and it's not necessarily like a setup thing, but. Uh, what exactly is your ride too? Because if you have a ooh, hmm, <laughs> if you were to have uh, a belt-driven board, then you have a lot more torque, uh, and you can ride all sorts of different types of wheels and stuff. But if 
uh, you have a direct drive board, which I had for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really put pneumatics on that. It's not really rated for that. It doesn't work very well with that. So then you're kind of stuck with more crossover wheels like the cloud wheels or the urethane street wheels. And you're more limited as well. So uh, what you have is also where you can ride as well. Yeah, it makes sense. I definitely recall that with my Meepo board and struggling with those urethane wheels. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, we should probably have like a dedicated e-skate video, if anything, or dedicated uh, to each one of these PEVs for different things. If you're interested, comment down below and let us know what you would like to see us make an episode of. Because um, there's a lot to talk about and we want to know what you want to hear as well, right? Yeah. In terms of other PEVs out there, the e-scooters, one wheels, I think, uh, you know, you and I are not as familiar. I, I'm quite familiar with one wheels, so. Yeah, let's I do know. one wheels and then we can move on to e-scooters after that. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that are specific to each one of these that we don't know as much about, but we know are very crucial. Yeah, for sure. So like in the one wheel space, I know it was essential to kind of have like a custom back uh, back foot plate that was a bit more concave, which just made it more comfortable because over long distances, like I was saying earlier, your foot are killing because it's flat your feet are killing because it's flat it's perfectly flat so um and because you're constantly on that heel toe balance your your foot just gets really exhausted after a long time and you have because if you think of a skateboard right they're all slightly concave yeah they're not they're not flat nobody's really flat nobody has like a perfectly flat board and that was i think the biggest issue with like the stock one wheel xr uh, backplate is it's just completely flat so your foot has no kind of you can't go from heel to toe with having some like rocker motion. Yeah, without um, having to use another part of your leg or another yeah. muscle to, to compensate for that. Yeah, yeah. so it gets exhausting. On a one wheel, you have to keep your pressure down. Yes. Right? That's like people who don't ride one wheels, I don't think they understand that. That in order to initiate the power, yeah. you have to tell the board you're on it. Yeah, and then you have to keep it even because the board doesn't balance on its own. Yeah. There is none of that like gyro effect that you have in a UC. It does a little bit, but once you're going, you still are dependent like a skateboard in a way to keep your feet heel toe as balanced as possible. So you don't get wobbles. So you don't turn unexpectedly, that sort of thing. Yeah. And there's just grip tape on there, right? Like yeah, what if people grip. mod out for grip tape? There's uh, I think there's some foam grip tapes that are pretty common Tell as well built into the concave. Yeah. And I think dope grip probably even is used um, at the time when I had mine. I didn't have that, but I don't think it was out then. Yeah, probably not. Kind of recent. Um, yeah couple years ago so but third-party mods were still huge with like protective mods and you know fangs like safety wheels on the front there's there's some big like one wheel modification companies out of there who are the big ones yeah they've got craft and ride which makes a a bunch of you know uh fenders you say fenders yeah protective side plates um foot plate protectors uh and then there's float life which is doing their own thing as well with different Mm -hmm. protectors um yeah so there's there's quite a bit and i think for one wheel in terms of like ride setups you don't really do much you maybe toss a fender on and one of the custom foot plates and then for ride modes just like from my experience everyone with an xr just rides in the fastest mode they do have modes per se but it's all based on speed right? it's all based on speed there is a little bit to do with like the acceleration and the cornering because on a one wheel their their algorithm is pretty unique where when you're cornering the way that the wheel accelerates feels different on different modes. I'm not really sure how it does that, but it detects like the different axes that you're on. And when you're doing it like a heel, 
left turn if if you're regular um it'll accelerate differently in like the fastest mode versus the slowest mode yeah because you also don't want it to like go get away from you if you're learning right and you're on the beginner mode yeah and same thing with like e-skates and a lot of like every e-skate has different modes and it's you know you put it on mode one you full tilt it and, and it like, won't like doom, doom, go doom, out doom, from doom, under doom, your feet doom, yeah doom, doom, doom. <laughs> you yeah. know so that's good yeah it's different when you have it in you know the highest mode and then you full tilt it you're you know you're gone exactly Goodbye. Yeah, Good and night. for one wheels, they only go up to like around 30 kilometers an hour, max speed 32. Yeah, they're not an aggressive machine. Yeah, and then you're hitting tilt back, so you're riding tilt back before that. So most people just ride it in the max mode because you get the most torque and power and you can cruise at the highest speed without worrying that yeah. it's going to push back on you. And in my opinion, too, as long as you keep up with the maintenance of a one wheel, you could toss this thing around. You see some pretty good. Yeah, the tank. So if you set it up properly and it feels comfortable for you with ever setup you've made, you could drop off what yeah. six, seven, eight foot drops and just boom. Yeah, I've, back down. I've like crashed and flipped my one wheel on concrete many times when I had it and it had barely any scratches. Like it's it's all made of metal, right? It's like metal and hardwood and, you know, it's not cheap plastic thin shells that like explodes into a million pieces. As we stare at my As RS. we look at the gotway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what happens to each their own. I mean, uh, there's a reason that fiberglass shells are a thing now, right? Yeah, I mean, someone's making money wheels. off of it. Someone, someone Why not? took right. advantage of the situation. So, uh, But let's visit one more group of PEVs here, the e-scooter. And I feel like with the e-scooter, there's a lot of customization and accessories. Oh, yeah. But there are a lot of smaller things as well, right? Like, I guess they're kind of smaller with the things that you see on EUCs and e-skates. I was going to say it's like e-bikes because you have like handlebars. Exactly. You're putting on horns. You can You're get putting a seat. on phone mount seats, seats yeah. different grips. Yep. Yeah, there's, so, there's like... That's, Lighting. Lighting's huge, obviously. Yeah, that's a whole other world. Um, there's so many things you could do. And, you know, anything you could do to an e-bike, can you do to an e-scooter? Likely. Likely, yeah. Very, very much so. So that's... Extended battery packs on the stems. Like, there's... Yeah, you see that too. Yeah, there's a um, lot of different mods. You see a lot of scooters too that don't really have many, like, spikes like you see on, like, an EUC pedal but more in the opposite direction where like you see a lot of scooters that don't have grip tape. Yeah. And they have like these designs and stuff on yes, them. Yeah. Right. And some have designs which have like hidden grip on them. Like, Grip's not as necessary, right? Like they often have these really fancy rear foot rest kind of things. Yeah. You put your back foot on. So like that's a, one difference. Yeah. Like a custom, I don't know what it's called to be honest. Like uh, a foot plate. Foot plate, sure. Hey, we have to be educated here yeah. when it comes to e-scooters. <laughs> Maybe we're going to learn something here today. What do you call the thing that goes in the back of a scooter that the e-scooter riders depend on every time they accelerate? Yeah, you can get custom like carbon fiber ones. For yeah, actually, have you seen this? I think it's called ESC Live. They have like these F1 series scooters, and they're racing them on proper like tracks. No. Oh, you see how those things Check are set up? After. They have like an up. They have like a proper body on them. Cool. Like an auto body which is nuts. Yeah, so there's like e-scooters. It's a it's a whole world out there. And it's I feel like it's kind of nothing like an e-skate or an EUC because you can do similar things, but a lot of things are just straight up different. Like a phone holder. Not using a phone holder on an e-skate or an EUC. Maybe on your arm. I have seen, yeah, on the arm. And I've I was going to say, I've seen like the <laughs> random little screen mount, not a phone per se, but like maybe an Android watch or like some sort of Android mini tablet and people have tried mounting them like on the front of their 
their EUCs as like a you know run EUC world yeah speedometer you know that sort of thing um, and then now wheels have screens built in so yeah they're basic you screens. have the V12. V12 is the well, best V12 one. Well, V12 is an actual... Right? It's a full-blown touchscreen with, like, a full menu is. system. You almost don't need don't your phone. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're, like... You think of screens, you're, like, oh, yeah, but Goad's screen. Yeah, or Sherman's, like, four buttons with, like, the oh, black right. and yeah, red. Yeah, it's very much like that as well. Yeah. So, like, like, there is oh, some... some of the codes that come up on those are hilarious, too. And there's there's jokes about them in our local chat. I yeah. forget what some of them are, but... Bat-low. Bat-low. <laughs> That's the big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was that whole issue with the batteries, but... Yeah, that's another story. Yeah, but uh, if there's something you think we missed when it comes down to all of that and how you set up your ride and how you set up yourself. Yeah, I'd love to hear about you know how people set up their own rides, whether oh. it's a scooter, EUC. That's how we learn about all the new good gear stuff. Gear as well, yeah, exactly. And why, you know, why I changed That's things. why I love group rides, right? You go and you get to see all the different setups. You get to try out different setups. Gives yeah. you an opportunity to figure out, oh, maybe I, like, I want to try one of this in my... Yeah, but when, why would you have that moment? Like, maybe I want to do this. It's I think that is how you ride. You know, like we said at the very beginning of this show is, you know, it depends on where I'm going and, and how I'm doing that. So now that we've talked about all these different things, you know, there's different ways you can ride. So, for example, if I'm going out into the mountains, I'm going to be wearing, like, say, on my EUC, what are a few things I'm going to want to put on? Definitely, you know, that good armor pretty well everything we've talked about uh, i'm gonna make sure my pedals probably aren't stock because i don't want my you know feet slipping out on grip tape for example maybe some good pads on around my legs um, um but there's other things that aren't necessarily gear associated as well yeah definitely i think maybe we should talk a bit about riding styles and like you said and how you're riding but let's focus on eucs because i know you know our listeners know that we're euc riders and Mm-hmm. Maybe other others can comment on how their riding styles vary if they ride the same EUC or if they ride another type of PEV. But I can I can think of a lot of different riders, specifically from around the world, that I've seen who have very different and unique riding styles. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting to see because disregarding the gear, the way that you ride, I think is is personal and. Maybe yeah. influenced, maybe influenced by the gear that you're wearing. Like you were saying, you're going to go to a mountain ride, and obviously in that situation, you're going to gear up. It's your confidence level. Yeah, uh, it's your confidence level, right? And I, I for one, definitely feel that too. Like, I know there's this, I don't know what it's called, but you know, there's this thing where, when you put on a helmet, you tend to ride more aggressively. Yeah, more it's confidently. A phenomenon. You're more, yeah, more <laughs> confident. Keep that. <laughs> yeah, but it's so true. I, I, for one, always have experienced it and in like five, six years of riding PVs and then, you know, cycling for up like 10 years before that, um, anytime I'm wearing a helmet, even just on a bicycle, I always would go faster or just enjoy myself, it more. enjoy it a bit more, you know, maybe, you're not so worried. Yeah. Maybe weave between cars a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then I, when I'm not wearing my helmet, I, you know, stick to slower speeds in the right lane and not trying to pass other vehicles or riders out there. Yeah, you're just a little more cautious because, you know, you like your your life <laughs> and keeping your life around. Yeah, and, you know, I wonder, like, is that a good thing? I mean, does the helmet really protect you that much that you should be riding that much more aggressively? I guess I think a, as, a as long as you're it. riding appropriately, I don't mm. think the helmet should determine how crazy you ride. Okay. I think you should ride according to the situation. Yeah, and then who defines what crazy is, right? Like I, I think of uh, New York City riders. Mm-hmm. Anytime I think of 
crazy or aggressive riding. Yeah. But to them, that's just normal. Yeah, because if they don't ride like that, they're going to get hit from behind. Well, that's exactly it, right? You're so there's in, a logic behind everything they do. And no. everyone's like, oh, New York riders are crazy. 100%. But it's like, you'll hear every New York rider be like, try not riding like this. Yeah. Well, try it's it. Same for me in Toronto, I find. Like, if I'm riding on the lakeshore, we have a long bike path, for those of you who don't know, are familiar with Toronto. The Martin Goodman Trail. The Martin Goodman Trail. Yes. And that's a very long bike path that goes from one end of the city to the other. Um, actually, it goes all the way to Niagara Extends Falls. waterfront. Yeah, it's the whole waterfront, waterfront. trail. Yeah. yeah, but it's completely separated from any roads. And it's only for, it's a shared path. So there are technically walkers sometimes, like pedestrians just walking or running. Um, but typically, it's just cyclists, right? And in those situations, I find you have to ride a lot more chill and casual. And you're, you're not flying because you're surrounded by cyclists, pedestrians, yeah. And there's no there's no worry that a car is going to rear end you there. Yeah. But then you transition from that quickly into like Lakeshore or one of the roads, you know, in Toronto that are much busier. You're going north up Bay Street or something. Oh, there's financial a financial district. Yeah, there's a huge contrast where you're on the trails like you are the problem. Yes. Right. Where you go on the roads and it's like the cars are the problem. The problem in the sense being like who can destroy more? Who yeah. Can do more damage. Yeah, for sure. When you're on the trails, you're going to do more damage to someone who's just walking. But when you're on the road, the car is going to do more damage to you. Yeah. And I find that like that happens a lot in Toronto when you're switching from like a dedicated bike lane to um, to the road. And I think a lot of the New York City riders, they just ride on the road. There are bike lanes in New York, but. From what I've heard, it's almost safer to ride on the road than in those bike lanes. Yeah. So from my experience with New York City, the bike lanes are designed for bikers who are going relatively slower speeds. Slow, but if yeah. you're like, and especially in New York, because you have to stop so much mm-hmm. at every single light. Because I rode a boosted there for a little while, too. And it couldn't even get up to a certain speed where you're getting through those green lights all the time. I was, always, you know, unless you got kind of lucky. But if you're on a bike, it works and you're slow enough where those cars, if you're on a left-hand bike lane and then you got cars on a left-hand turn lane on a one-way, if you could picture that in your mind, you're on the left-hand side, not the right. And if you're on an EUC or an, an e-skate or anything that's going relatively faster than a bike, you, you can't see anything. And it's just a blind corner every time you're coming through it. Where if you're in the center of the lane, you see everything. You know what's going on. Yeah, so I think all that stuff like plays into ride styles. I, for one, you know, riding EUCs, I love to ride with the cars. I find like uh, there's a term for it in the cycling world. I forget what it is, um, where there's a lot of cyclists that advocate for like learning to ride with vehicles instead of building like a lot of bike infrastructure. It's kind of silly. There should always be bike infrastructure. Oh, maybe because I can't depend on our governments yeah, to, to yeah. build it quick enough. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, <laughs> you know, fine. learn to ride with the cars. And But I mean, with the EUC, you can easily match cars in city traffic and sit with city speeds. Um, so I, I much prefer like taking the road, take a lane like you're on a motorcycle or a moped or some other sort of um, personal vehicle where you're not surrounded by a cage. Um it's just it's better it leads to like a safer riding style in my opinion but of course you have to ride a bit faster and uh i just feel like i have a little bit more control yeah you have more control where Mm. i'm you know something just happens a lot quicker in that bike lane someone could just jump out at you like hey exactly um yeah so and i think in terms of actual riding style um there's different styles out there i've seen i i i for one just tend to ride I don't even know what I'd call it. I just ride normally, I guess. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'm if I if I have to ride a bit more aggressively, I'm you know bending my knees and using my arms to kind of point where I'm going or accelerate or whatnot. But 
Yeah, I think a good umbrella term is you're a casual rider. Yeah. You know, and I think I'm an I think I'm an aggressively casual rider, but still in the casual category because I'm not really like doing crazy crazy things, but I do some crazy things. Like I posted a video just recently of me going up like three stairs. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so everyone rides kind of differently, and th- I think that's why, you know, I stick with the smaller pads on the side of my wheel. Casual rider, but then you know I can aggressive it sometimes. You know, push it a little bit more. So yeah, in my opinion, there's a skill to learning to ride EUCs aggressively with minimal pads. Yeah, it's its own skill. Being able to, you know, you have to judge. You need to know like exactly how far you're gonna need to brake at what speeds, mm-hmm. how much you can lean back on the wheel, you know, without falling off because you don't have as much. You still have the little pad, but it's not like a full like locked in situation. So yeah. There's some skill required to learn your you learn your PEV, yeah. understand its limits. It's and crucial. I think for EUCs, that's like the number one thing, right? Knowing 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 the limits of how you ride and what your wheel can handle as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Shall we move on to some notable Instagram posts? All right, so notable posts. Yeah, let's get into some notable posts. I'm kind of excited for this because I'm excited for this every time. <laughs> get some shout outs here. Yeah, because this is where we get a lot of inspiration for, you know, what we either talk about or want to do while riding. I know personally, I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to go out and try that. So, um, but we were talking about riding preferences today, uh, riding styles, even at the very, very end. Um, so yeah, who are you going to shout out today? I'll give you first dibs on this one. Sounds good. Show them the screen. Let them know what's going on. Yeah. So we're just looking at Instagram here and, you know. In terms of riding styles, you know, we talked about different riding styles, and I think this this rider has a very unique riding style. Yeah, specific. Uh, very specific, and uh, you know, you can probably see here the description on his Instagram. His name is UC uh, in the Six, yes. also known as Seb. Yes, he's a local rider here in Toronto, and he's the legend on the streets. And that's not just the UC. I believe that comes from back in the day. His family's like very much into cars. He has a history of motorcycles, cars, yeah. drag racing. Yeah, so this guy's got a passion and a drive for speed, from what I understand. Yeah, so you don't you don't see too many riders that are sharing the road with cars and police cars yeah just splitting lanes just splitting lanes is that legal in ontario who knows who cares <laughs> whatever it is what it is flying on his sherman you know he 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 added one point the world record 92 unofficial of 92 kilometers 92.5 92.5 now i heard recently i was watching uh another show or something like that and i heard a lady got 93 or something like that yes yeah insanity what these people are doing and that was on his like older version firmware motherboard which he won yeah which he unfortunately had to replace after cutting out at 90 kilometers which we can show here he's got it highlighted on his story oh this was on bayview which is a 60 kilometer an hour road uh, in Toronto. He was just trying to get out of the traffic, right? That's all he was doing. Yeah, exactly. Just so trying to get out of the just traffic. trying to push it a little bit, but oh, it's not letting me load it. Oh, well. Well, we tried. Um, yeah, but yeah, so that's, uh, I think, one of the local riders I shout out this week. Yeah, shout out Seb. Out. Shout out UC in the Six. Yeah, UC in the Six. Infamous, very infamous. There's a a cutout. Yeah, it was a cutout. Yeah. Yeah, he hit the beeps. Hit the beeps at 90. (laughs) He always hits the beeps, but he was out for a little bit after that. Yeah. (laughs) But solid rider. He's back up. He's still going. Yep. Still going hard. Yeah. So, uh, 
You seen the six? There we go. You seen the six? Um, my person today, uh, because we were talking about riding setups. This person here has got something very interesting going on, and I followed this person a long time ago when I was strictly on eScape because he's very much an eScape person. But Jay or Illyscape eight oh eight, if you don't know this person when it comes to the work they do on decks and painting and the setup of rides, it's crazy. So he does a lot of paint jobs, really good pinstriping, um, just some insane stuff this guy puts together. This is very cool. So this is uh This is a guy from Hawaii. Hawaii. So, so is I he a rider himself? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he rides an escape, but I think his background probably comes from more classic car work. Body if work. You, yeah. If you look at what he's done with some e-skates, they're just... Oh, that is very <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, he makes them look really cool. And he's got I a lot of... I wouldn't want to ride that after. It's like a piece of art. There's a few of them like that. I mm. think he did an, an Evolve board that looked just crazy. But yeah, he rides too. Very nice. Skate hub. Oh, but yeah. Like... I'm just caught up in the green here. I'm caught, like, look at this. So His if you're just listening, this guy's... Well. Say again? His helmet looks pretty unique as well. Yeah, he painted that as well. So oh. if you're just listening, this guy has got, like, this flashy glitter green board with pinstripes on it, and he's got a matching helmet that goes with it, too. And he's all done this by hand, which is just great. And he has he posts videos on how he does it, too, or shows him doing it. So this guy's pretty cool. Il Eastgate 808. Followed him a long time ago. I was just stuck around. It's been worth it. But yeah, some of the setups that he does are just great. Oh yeah, here's something for a one wheel. Oh, that's an epic fender right there. Epic fender. It Up looks like grabs. he took the stock fender and then just painted it. That's awesome. Yeah, $100 shipped in the US. <laughs> I pay 100 bucks for that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah so it's pretty cool. For the longest time, too, he was known for, uh, like, his some of his best videos were in garages. And then he has the Flintstone slider on his hand. He goes, mm. and it sparks everywhere. It looks really cool. Nice. But, yeah, some pretty good videos. Awesome. So, yeah, that's a very well-rounded, I would say, looking back on that show. Very well-rounded. We, we touched on a lot of different subjects uh, and put them all in one package, I guess you could say. Yeah, and uh, shout out to everyone listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah, if you've made it this far, shout out to you for sure. Thanks for making it this far. Thanks for being interested. Um, and make sure you, if you really did enjoy it, you tell your friends. Let them know we're out there. Yeah, check out our Instagram, PEV Lane. You betcha. And of course on YouTube, if you're just listening, you can see the video version of everything today. You know, check out our cool gear and everything. <laughs> PEV Lane on YouTube. PV Lane on YouTube. Uh, if you want to get the visual picture of what's going on, oftentimes when I'm watching a podcast, I'm like, oh, they be, oh, they have a video. That'd be cool to see. And then you pop on the video, you're like, ah, I get it. But uh, yeah, we try to give our audio listeners just enough to fully stay in the story, stay so, immersed. Yeah. So thanks for being here. Uh, like, follow, share, all the fun things, and we will definitely see you next time. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>